0: handing out the outline for this morning, um, I want to take a little more time, and uh, if you remember, we went through, through Genesis 6 and 2 Timothy, where he, um, Paul was admonishing Timothy to pray always. Remember the fall of mankind before the flood was basically, I think, due to a lack of men learning to pray and keep praying. Uh, Remember Enos was born to Seth and that Bible says that that's when men began to pray. I, I want you to think about that for a minute just because we do not see <clears throat> real spiritual uh, growth, revival, church growth. Uh, we do not see um, marriages being stronger, uh, for the most part, kids that want to go off and serve God. We don't see that. And I think that there's reasons for that. It's, it's, God hasn't failed. God doesn't fail. And uh the disciples were uh, the Lord was absent from them for a moment there in, in, in uh in the Gospels, and and they a man brought his son and said, I want you to heal my son. He's he's possessed of a demon, and and they they tried to cast him out. And uh and Jesus told him, "This cometh out by nothing but by prayer and fasting." Um, we are doing, well, you'd say, all the right things. Uh, we're we're evangelistic. We're memorizing the Bible. We're giving. Um, but I believe <clears throat> when the Bible says that he, the Lord will build his church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That is, he builds the church. He accomplishes things that we can't accomplish on our own. He raises up a godly seed by faith. And Remember, if you, maybe you don't remember, but I, let me emphasize it again to me when I think of faith I think of somebody praying I know when someone (coughs) says uh, a person full of faith that's a person that is a man of prayer, a woman of prayer or a daughter or son that is a person of prayer and when we don't have the ability or desire to pray we don't have the faith to pray or the belief that prayer works but when we have, when we're filled with faith, then we recognize, I can't do this without God. I can't be the husband or the, or the wife. I can't be the son or daughter that I need to be without God's help. And as a whole, if we want to, I mean, I, I, it doesn't have to be all of Christianity. It just has to be you. You can be as a Noah was that although all the line of Seth was going to the devil, Noah kept it up. Noah had the mind of God. Noah was able to at least bring his sons and his sons' wives through the flood. It can happen. It can happen for an individual. It can happen for a church. We've got to believe that We cannot do it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that believes that he is, he he comes to him. You go to him. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I think that it's not just doing the things that are, that that the knowledge of what God's will is, but it's the idea of you can't do it without him. There's a mediator, and there's only one mediator between God and man, then it is Christ Jesus. That we He intercedes on what we can't do. He accomplishes what <clears throat> looks impossible to do. But it's not impossible with God. So please, that that Genesis six is there for a reason. And Timothy's admonition or Paul's admonition to Timothy is there for a reason. We're going to look in, in our Bibles today if you're there, Luke chapter number 11, Luke chapter number eleven, and, and I probably am not going to get through it today because I know it's only a sheet and a half, but it, there's many, many points under every one of these seven reasons to pray and why we should pray. We're going to look both in Luke and in Matthew, and we're going to cover the gamut of what he meant. How many remember the, being taught the Lord's Prayer when you were a young person? And you can say it by hand, by mouth. You know, there's, there's I was taught that that was the prayer. You know, you pray the Lord's Prayer, we'd say it several times, uh, the beginning of the, uh, the service, the end of the service. But understand that it's not praying the Lord's Prayer that is beneficial necessarily because we know that we're not to repeat prayers. And the Bible teaches you that, right? But it has the contents of what is necessary in prayer. And if I think if we look at the value of what prayer is according to why... Uh, Jesus gave this sense of model prayer, what were the contents of it was. It's not praying the Lord's Prayer. More appropriately, if you want to call the Lord's Prayer, you could go to John chapter 17, and you could see there's the Lord's Prayer when he interceded for his disciples. So understand the contents of what your prayer should be and why you should pray is in the Lord's Prayer. It's not praying that, but knowing why he gave them this. The Bible, the Bible says his disciples, and we're going to look at that if you'll take your Bibles and turn there this morning, he says uh, that his disciples requested that Jesus teach them to pray. It's not that they didn't pray, but what they prayed wasn't effective. It didn't seem to accomplish the kind of praying that the Lord himself prayed. I would like to think that we get to the place where we see prayer as not something I have to do, but something that is I want to do and it's necessary in my life. I cannot function as a father and I cannot function as a mother or son or daughter. I cannot be the son or daughter unless I have prayed for my day prayed for my kids and prayed for my job and prayed for my church and prayed for the people that God has put in my life. And So why, why he taught them to pray was because they sensed that their praying was not effective. That they were praying, but it wasn't getting to God and it wasn't accomplishing the right thing. Look at, as we read, let's stand out of respect for the word of God. Luke chapter number 11. We're going to read these 13 verses. The Bible says it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. When he had ceased, one of the disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our heavenly Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in, earth, in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and give us our, and forgive us our sins, as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journey, is coming to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, for the door is now shut. And my children are with me in bed, and I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will you give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will will ye for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Let's pray. Father, please, we need your help. Teach us to pray. Teach us to love prayer. Teach us to believe in prayer. Strengthen us. Help us to realize we've abandoned probably the most powerful and spiritual thing that, Father, we can do as a Christian. Help us to learn to believe and trust that you hear, and that you want to meet the needs, Father, that we have. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Have a seat. So we have, this morning, the idea of why pray. I'm going to try to get through as much of this as I can, but I'm not going to hurry it to the degree that... You don't get it. I encourage you, if you need it, if you've got a question about prayer, let's talk about it a little bit this morning. I'm going to leave this a little bit of an open forum because I want you to learn to pray. I want you to be able to come to a place when you have a need that arises in your life, you don't wait till a convenient time to pray. You pray right then. If it's that big a need, then you need to deal with it immediately. Your children don't wait for a convenient time when they need to ask you for is this something, do they? You say, I need to go to that. It doesn't matter what you're doing. They're going to ask you for help. And you, a father, you're not going to ignore them most of the time. You're going to be able to, or a mother, you're going to go to them. And you say, I'm going to see if this, is a, if this is a serious need that they need to deal with. I'm going to help them with it. So I give seven things, and we're going to go through each one of these in the Lord's Prayer One is praying because He is our authority. He is our Father. We are expected to go to that authority. He's the one that can meet the need. Secondly, we pray because your ways are sinful. My ways are sinful. Without God's help, our ways are not going to be His ways. We're going to look at that. Thirdly, because of the necessity of holiness you think about it, is that God requires holiness. You're not just speaking to anybody, and He has His children. <laughs> Remember I said, you're His children. He expects you to be like Him. He has a standard of righteousness. And when that's ignored, He's going to get your attention of it. Fourthly, pray for His will over my own. That's important. That we recognize that it's not my will that I want done, but his will that needs to be done. Fifthly, pray because of the need to be taught of God. We can't get the things that we need without his help. When the Bible says all men shall be taught of God. That's what he's referring to. Pray because forgiveness is the key to a heavenly and earthly relationships. Learning to be able to forgive, not holding things against folks is key. And lastly, pray because temptation is a part of life and the source of strength to our faith. Believe it or not, that idea of faith is tied directly to the idea of temptation. We learn from our experiences. So in Luke chapter number 11, we're going to look in verse number 2. The Bible says, and he said unto them, when you pray, say what? Our Father. That's not something, and I've had people oftentimes ignorantly because of all the way they've learned, they've called me Father. And I don't want to embarrass them too much, but really that is a very precious name that is only given to two people. That's your earthly father, who is your earthly father. And if you're saved, it is your heavenly father. And he is a person of authority. You address him that way. You, by doing so, look in Luke chapter number 20 with me, a few pages away. And we'll see that, you'll see that this is a, a reverential term Luke chapter number 20. And verse number... I got it right. Verse number 13. Which doesn't seem to be right. Somebody can find it. Maybe I've got it mixed up with something else. Is it? 2013. Yes, I'm sorry. The Bible says then, it says in verse 13, And then said the Lord of the vineyard, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. It may be they will reverence him when they see him. Well, here we see the reference here, giving the idea that God expects there to be a reverence, in a sense. That means that God expects you to Look to him for help, we look to him for strength, look to him for whatever you need. When the Bible says that we read in out of Luke chapter number two, you ask whatever you will. He doesn't limit that. He is interested in every need that you have. Sometimes we are in a situation where we don't know how to ask for something. You ever have your kids they didn't know how to ask for what they wanted? It doesn't matter. He's going to meet that need no matter what it is. Hebrews chapter number 12. If you'll turn there. Hebrews chapter number 12. Look down with me in verse number 9 this deals with chastening it says furthermore we've had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence key point what shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and what live so the idea that he gives us here is the idea of we recognize who we're speaking to we're not just speaking to anybody We're speaking to somebody that is, or should be. I hope you're here this morning. You're not sure about your salvation. He wants to be your heavenly father. If he's not, but if he is your heavenly father, you have a resource, as it says here. He says, if if we were, if we look to our heavenly father, how much more shall we look, or to our earthly father, how much more shall we look to our heavenly father? Hebrews chapter number twelve. Verse number 28, wherefore, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. You want to add that next verse for it says, Our God is what? Consuming fire. So there is this idea because He has the authority over our lives, He is responsible for you and me. And so if He takes that responsibility, as every father does seriously, then he's going to look at any need that you have with that kind of interest and that kind of desire. So when he starts off and he says, I'm going to teach you to pray, evidently there wasn't a real respect for who God really was and who God really is. And if we don't pray and we put it off when we should be stopping whatever we're doing... I think that's I think that's across the board in Christianity. When you love God and you believe in His authority and what He can do, listen. There's nothing's going to stop you and say I, it, there's no uh, priority in your life that's going to uh, uh, go ahead of meeting with your heavenly Father on any need that you might have. Secondly, we got to pray because we're sinful, which art in heaven like what well, we have to remind ourselves that our Heavenly Father is in Heaven. Look at Isaiah chapter 55. Old Testament. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Verse chapter 55. By the way, I would, i venture to say, if you read these last few chapters of the book of Isaiah, it will highly encourage you. I was reading Ezra this week and studying about the idea of need for revival. I really kind of think this right here is one of the biggest Roads that you can take. You say, "I want to. I want to experience God reviving me in my life. I want to. I, I want to have a new spiritual strength, a new desire to obey." I really believe when you read these last few chapters, it really gives you uh, the idea of how important prayer is. Look at verse, starting in verse number seven. Verse number seven. Bible says <clears throat> let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him to our God for he will abundantly pardon he says for my thoughts are what what are they they're not your thoughts my ways are what they're not your neither your ways saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So there's a necessity to understand what you need to know, and, and even if you've read your Bible through, how many people you've said, well, I've, I read my Bible every day, and you know they have a, they're clueless about what God is doing in this world. Of what God wants families to do and children to do, and they're clueless because they have their own understanding of what the Bible says. I don't have this one down, but turn with me. You may be even be able to quote 1 Corinthians. I always get this mixed up with 1 Corinthians 2 or 2 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians two, verse number six: Howbeit we speak wisdom among them which are perfect. This is First Corinthians chapter two, verse number six. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. It says, "Not the wisdom of this world." Where do you get wisdom if it's not of this world? Where do you get that wisdom? It says by verse number seven, but we speak the wisdom of God and a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God hath ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they had known it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as, as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. That's for them that love him. But, it, God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. The Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So that, remember what we read in Luke. Remember, He says He give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him. What do you? If you have, and that's what it's. That's what He's saying here. He says, uh, "For what man knoweth the things of man?" In verse eleven, save the Spirit of that man which is in him. I can't know what Sam's thinking. I can guess. Or what, what Glenn or Zach or my son, I don't know what you're thinking. I can guess. But when we have God's spirit, we're not guessing what God's thinking. We're what? We know what God is thinking. We have the mind of God and the heart of God and the spirit of God. You say, that's automatic then since you're saved. Not necessarily. You have God's Spirit, but you may not be accessing His help. When He says He'd give the Holy Spirit, that means He'd give you the understanding. You have the ability through salvation. Your sins are out of the way. But if you're not interested in what He wants, what He wills, then guess what? Your ways are not going to be His ways, He's in heaven. His ways are high above what you think. And the only way to get that that information is to uh, to ask for it. Say, God, I need that. Go to how many people in the Old Testament, prophets and and, and men of God, even in the Old Testament. Remember one came and David says, Well, I'm going to build God a temple. And Nathan says, Do whatever you want. God's with you. Nathan starts to walk away. and God says, Nathan, you just blew it. Go back and tell him, Nathan, David's not going to build the temple. His son is. Even Nathan the prophet, until God got a hold of him, didn't know what God's mind was. And every one of you have children. You have a spouse. Well, not every one of you have a spouse, but you have children or children. And I tell you what, lives would change in homes alone. If, if you just say, well, God, I, uh, this is what I think is right, but I really don't know that. I'm going to read your word, study your word. I'm gonna, I want you to make application for what I need to know. Jeremiah chapter number 7. Jeremiah chapter number 7. Starting in <clears throat> verse number 3. I'm going to take my time with this, folks. Like I said, I may not get through all of it, but I want you to understand that this this training that Jesus gave his disciples, that John gave his disciples, was very specific. John chapter number 7. Look in verse number 3, if you will, for me. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Trust ye not in lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. For if ye thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if ye thoroughly execute judgment between man and his neighbor, if, you, if ye oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, or the widow, and shed not innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other gods to your hurt, then will I cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. How I many you ever heard it, it says, let God be true in every man of what? Without God's help, you're going to come up with the wrong answers. I really believe, I've seen this, I've seen it in my short life here, is that, Christian men, especially, I guess that's who I mostly associate with and understand. When they, li- when they get God's mind, they think out of the box. They do. They don't think like everybody else does. I can, I can remember, this is back, I'm going way back, and I wasn't as separated as I need to be, but I can remember God told me TV isn't good for my kids. Nobody I knew got rid of their TV. Nobody. And that old TV, as the Lord would have it, went on a blink. I don't remember exactly when happened. the two picture tube went out or something. And I, and I told Debbie, I said, I don't think we're going to get another one. Why, that was so absurd. Why wouldn't you give a TV? I remember my... My family, both sides, were thought, especially I think it was Debbie's parents, thought why our, our kids will be abnormal. Well, that's what's wrong with you, Harold. And they, they try to say, well, we can, whenever you come in, we're going to give them a little TV <laughs> so they can be normal. And I'm not saying that was my wisdom. I'm saying that somehow God got through to me. I didn't need that for my children. It made a huge difference. Some of you are naysaying. I can see it on your faces. You don't think that God thinks like that. You look at anybody, you think of anybody that that got a hold of God's mind in the Old Testament, New Testament, they were different. Because God's ways are not our ways. And our ways are not God's ways. Ezekiel chapter number... 18, going right down through the Old Testament. Ezekiel chapter 18, look at verse number 25 with me. And yet ye say, the way of the Lord is not equal. Here now, O house of Israel, is not my way equal? Are not your ways what? Unequal. When a righteous man turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and dieth in them for his iniquity that he hath done, shall he die? Again, when a wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed and, and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive. Verse number 28. Because he considereth and turneth away from all of his transgressions that he hath committed, he shall surely live, he shall not die. Yet saith the house of Israel, the way of the Lord is not equal. House of Israel, are not my ways equal, are not your ways what? Unequal. He says you need to think like I think. Instead of thinking like everybody else thinks, you need to think like I... That means you're going to think out of the box. Turn back to Jeremiah chapter number 26. Which art in heaven? How are you going to get that information? You're going to send somebody up there. Look at verse number 13. Now, therefore, now amend your ways and your doings and obey the voice of the Lord and the Lord will repent him of the evil that he had pronounced against you. I looked at Deuteronomy the other day and I'm thinking and when we preach that and I'm thinking you're cursed with a curse. I think the curse is not learning how to pray. Not learning how to get the mind of God or the heart of God. Number three, pray because of the necessity of holiness. We looked at this, and I think we're going to touch on in Hebrews 12, 14. But the Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. That is a key verse. You say, why? Because hallowed is thy name. I mean, if we're going to pray, and we're going to get a hold of God, and God's going to hear us, and God's going to answer our prayers... It's because we are in a place that God is pleased to answer our prayers. you think He hears your prayers when you're out of His will? You think He's really interested in you when you have a double standard? you say, "Well, I know that uh, I, I'm not all that I need to be, and there are some areas of my life I need to clean up, but I still expect God to answer my prayers. You're a fool. You are a fool. When you think about the Holy of Holies, that no man could enter the Holy of Holies, and one man did, and when he did, he went through all these washings and preparations to do that. And even in the New Testament, before we, we can stay really right with God, we have the Lord's Supper, and, 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 and you need to say, wow, I, need to, uh, I don't want to take it unworthily, I want to, I want to do the, uh, a litmus test of my life, and say, am I in a position where God can bless? Am I in a place where God will hear my prayers? And if you ignore that, then I I guarantee you're dead to prayer. Because you just don't see prayers really working. And you don't see the real relevance. I know I should pray, and we pray, but we don't. We don't. We, it's kind of like we pray with the, when we eat a meal, or we we pray because others are around us, and we pray, or we come to church and we pray. But we don't see praying the way we need to. And I promise you, part of that is this right here, because we underestimate God's holiness. Exodus chapter number twenty. Genesis, Exodus, chapter number 20. The Bible says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh the name in vain. We've gone through this but I'll just mention it listen that's not using a four letter word with our heavenly father's name it could be but that's not really what it's talking here. we represent the Lord Jesus Christ we come to honor God in what we do what we think honors God What we say honors God, even what we wear honors God, or vice versa. So when you think about it, in verse number 7, he says, remember the Sabbath, in verse number 8, he says, remember the Sabbath day to what? Keep it holy. It's a day of rest. What are we resting in? We're resting in the furnished. Finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. What did He finish? He finished the sins on the cross for me. He not only sinned, He not only paid the price on the cross to save you from the results of your sin, but he paid the price on the cross to save you from living in sin. Hallowed be thy name. They wouldn't even speak the name of Jehovah without cleansing themselves. And we utter it off some filthy, dirty lips. Not true. It doesn't work that way. He will not hold him guiltless. That means that you say, well, I can't under- Well I can tell you why you don't believe in prayer, because you don't believe in His holiness. Psalm 889 middle of your Bible, Psalm 89. Look with me in verse number 47. I want to step back and look at verse 46 is how long, Lord? Wilt thou hide thyself forever? Shall thy wrath burn like fire? Remember how short my time is. Wherefore hast thou made all men in vain? What does that mean? It means that we're not made holy. We're made unholy. We have that sin nature. We have what we got from Adam. And if we think that without God's intervention in our life to change that, that way it ought to be, there ought to be a time before we pray and we ought to go over and say Lord show me anything in my life that's not quite right I need your answer to prayer. I need some help with my family I need some help with my finances I need some help with my thought life and you say God show me anything in my life I want to enter into that Holy of Holies with you I need some help Pray because of the necessity of holiness. Remember Hebrews twelve is about what? What's the theme of Hebrews twelve? Somebody tell me. Hebrews eleven's what? You know that one. Faith chapter, what's twelve? Say it again. That's eleven. Chastening. Whom the Lord loveth, he what? It means he's bringing you into a proper relationship with him. In other words, if you're not in a proper relationship, that means you're living in an unholy way. So when you get down to verse number 14 out of chapter 12, he says, without holiness, what? You're not going to hear from God. You're not going to see him intervene in your life. You're not going to see answers to prayer. And neither will those around you that you want to see saved. Number four pray. This is probably the one that, as I studied this, kind of set me back on my heels a little bit. Verse number 2 of Luke chapter number 11, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven, so in earth. God's responsibility is not only for his will to be done in heaven, But it also wills for it to be done on earth. Look, and we're going to look at 3 in Matthew, 3 in John, and 1 in Psalms, and 1 in Acts. Matthew chapter number 7. Let's see if we can go through these relatively quickly. But it all deals with this idea of our interest and His will being done in this little circle of influence God has put in your family, in this church, the community, your relatives, your friends. Matthew 7 and verse number 21. The Bible says, <clears throat> Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of he that what? Doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Now, if we keep this in context, we'd say, well, there's a lot of people out there that are uh, in other churches that are being religious, going through religious exercises and and being very faithful with uh, what they think, and we always apply that to that. And that's true. But it's also making the emphasis here what? That God wants His will to be done, right? He's all about His will being done. He's not interested in what your flavor of, of what you think uh, your family should be. He's really not interested in what you think uh, the relationship with your spouse should be. He's not really interested in what you think is important that you do in this church. What he's interested in is you get his heart, his mind, his desire for all those things, and you put it, you say, God help me. This is totally different than what I planned or what I thought. A lot of us, we get our ideas, and this is what I'm going to do. This is where I start, and this is where I stop. You know, it ought to be, God, if whatever you will, and wherever you want me to end, that's what I want. We don't put no starts and stops on it. But we've got to ask God for that. We set our standard by what we think is important. and So when you look at verse number 21, it's really a test. If you're going to pray and you and you've got to start here and to stop there, you're not in the will of God because you're telling God what His will is for you. Okay. Is that the way you want it? That the way you want it? You want the results of your effort, your energy, your start, your stop. have at it then you'll be responsible for the results of your marriage. You'll be responsible for the results of your children. You'll be responsible for the results of this church. Because you determined that you weren't going to let God have whatever he wanted. Look in verse chapter 12, Matthew. Chapter number 12. the family. Look in verse number 50 with me. The Bible says what? This is the Jesus family came to him and they wanted to talk to him. And he was busy. One in verse 49, if you'll start there with me, and he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same as my brother, sister, and mother. We're talking about what? You know, for most of us, who has our best ear? Our family, right? Who do we most often heed to their needs and their wants, their desires? Your family. Then if there are other people that maybe you can help out and and, and you got your basically your family covered, then you'll, yeah, okay, I can venture out a little bit. Listen, God considers those in the center of his will to be who? That immediate family. If you're out there doing your own thing, all right, you're not busy doing God's will, but you're kind of modifying it to, to fit your life, I don't see that you can see that as you're part of the real family that God is, can work with. The Heart of Christ. Look at Matthew twenty-six. Very familiar passage, I'm sure. Heart of Christ. It's in Gethsemane. In verse starting in verse thirty six. Then cometh Jesus with them unto the place called Gethsemane. He saith unto his disciples, Sit here while I go and pray yonder. He took with him Peter, the two sons of Zebedee, and began to sorrow, be sorrowful and very heavy. And saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. And tarry ye here, watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, O oh, my Father... If it possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as what? Thou will. <clears throat> Verse 40. And he cometh unto his disciples, and find them asleep, and saith to Peter, What could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed, indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away a second time and he prayed saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, what? I will be done. It doesn't matter what we think, what we feel, what we desire. God can get past that. And we can get past those feelings and emotions. And we all, sometimes we're all all strung up on them feelings and emotions but we get the mind of god and you say god you're let your will be done good enough i'm good with that praise the lord you know what it takes to get to that place Anybody may know what it takes to get to that place you can let go of it and just say whatever whatever you want lord. what do you think it takes just like the judge he comes to and he says he says,Well I, 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 if I don't answer their prayer, he's going to come back and he's going to keep asking hes going, I might as well just go ahead and do what he asks, and you want and you want you want to overcome your will, you want, to, you want to see God's will done, you want God's blessing on your life, and you just keep after God and say, God please I want." I don't want to do my will. I want your will to be done. And, if, and if, it, if this is the way it has to go, then I want that. Aren't you glad that our Heavenly Father was there to get our Savior past the hump? He's tempted in all ways like this, but without sin. Wouldn't it be terrible that when you and I and this life is over, we get to heaven and we got to the place where I had a great turning point in our life and, and God was dealing with us and dealing with us and dealing with us and, we, and our feelings and our emotions and our desires were all tangled up in this and, and, you, and, and instead of just being persistent, God, get me past this. Get me to where all I want to do is your will. And you get up there and you stand before God and you say, No, you were right here. I was going to get you past the hump on this you gave up you gave in what a disappointment that'll be maybe that changed the total direction for your marriage and for your kids or even for your church or maybe for a loved one that you wanted to see saved by the way there's some of you got some loved ones you desire so earnestly to be saved and you may be the one standing in the way God says I can save them But you limit me. Your will is above my will. You don't have the same heart of Christ. Psalm 40, verse 8. Then we're going to come back to John. Psalm chapter 40 and verse number 8. I'm going to close when we finish number 4. I just don't have an adequate time to do justice with the rest of it. Psalm 40 in verse number 4. Look, look with me. Again, we're talking about a desire. The Bible says in verse number 7 of chapter 40, Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of a book it is written of me, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Desire. Desire. It ought to be that you want your desire to match God's. I desire. That means your will is already diminished to the point it doesn't matter what I want, I want what God wants. Turn back to the book of John. We're going to cover these three verses in John. They all have to do. Thy will be done in heaven, so in earth. John chapter number 4. John chapter number 4. Look at verse number 34 with me. Jesus said unto them, My meat. What does that mean? My meat. Steaks, hamburgers, chops. What's he mean? My meat. I'm sorry? Food. He says, my food, my nourishment is what? To do his will. My nourishment, verse number 34, he he says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me to finish his work. Remember, you look back on this. He says, uh, his disciples prayed say, Master, eat, in verse 31. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. I have food that I'm I'm being nourished by. That's his purpose of life, is his nourishment. The strength of his life is the nourishment of doing the will of God. That's what that's what moves me, motivates me. That's what gets me down the road. That's what I look forward to each day. That's what I hunger for, thirst for. That's what I want for my children. That's what I want for my spouse. That's what I want for my church. That's what I. That's all I look live for. May I ask, is that you? Thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. Is that you? Or is it most of you it, it's just kind of an atom you put onto your life. Church is kind of that, that thing. Prayers, prayers, well I've got it over in this corner and I do it, I do it in the morning and uh, and then I, I pray I pray for my food and I pray for my lunch and I pray for my dinner. I'm done, I'm good right? How about we pray without what? ceasing. Lord, if I don't stay in contact with you today, I'm going to have a thought. I'm going to entertain a thought that's not of you. I'm going to entertain a desire that's not of you. But if we filter everything through our (coughs) heavenly Father, then our sole desire and purpose, as we're going to see next, the believer's heart. John chapter six. John chapter number six. Look in verse number thirty nine and this is the father's will which hath sent me that all which hath which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should have raised them raise it up again at the last day, and this is the will of him that sent me. That everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. That is our Lord's heart. You and I have our Lord's, or we should have our Lord's heart. That everybody that God has put in my life, God wants to resurrect on the last day. Right? Everybody that's put in my life. Your boss, your friends, your family, Right? You take those ten tracts that you get every week and say, No, God has given me these, this gospel effort here. and this, uh, 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 He's given me a church and he's given me uh, uh, the authority to go out in, in his name. To think differently is not to think like Christ. John chapter number 7, verse number 17. This, of course, is the Lord. No, this is John chapter 7 starting in verse number 14 now about that midst of the feast Jesus went up into the temple and taught and the Jews marveled saying how knoweth this man letters having never learned and Jesus answered him and said my doctrine is not my own but his that sent me if any, man, if any man will do his will he shall know the doctrine whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself uh oh that means if you're not in the will of God and the things that you know, are you going to know what the will of God is and the things that he wants for you? Are you going to be clear on what is right and what is wrong? What is of what is of the Bible? What's not of the Bible? We have people come oftentimes, visitors. It doesn't take long till you figure out where they've come from and what they think and where they're going and they're confused on doctrine they really are but you know who unconfuses you you get busy doing the will of God you say God I don't want to make a mistake out of this I literally, this is telling on your pastor there's literally verses out of the book of John I would not use because I didn't, I didn't understand them I didn't use them for years. I was taught this, and I said, I just don't understand. They don't sound right. And I just got busy doing what God told me to do, and I said, God, uh, if whenever you want, you can show me what these verses mean. I think I could use them if you would. <laughs> and I got busy doing what God asked me to do, and all of a sudden the lights turned on. God says, Well, you need these verses. You need these verses for soul winning. You say, well, I didn't need him before because why? I wasn't really serious about what God wanted me to do as far as his will. How many of you would be honest with me this morning, you know some of God's will and yet you haven't put it into gear yet? I'm guilty of it. That's why I'm so excited when we say, well, I don't really have the heart desire and all of it's not quite there yet, but I know it's right. Right? And I, and I know I need the desire, I need the strength. And I say, well, I'm just going to get busy and do it. And then God turns on the lights. Praise God. Doctrinal soundness. Last one, Acts chapter 13, we're going to close. Acts chapter number 13. I encourage you to keep this pan, uh, flyer Outline if you want come back tonight I'll finish this up. just two more, but two very important ones which you're actually going to get out of the book of Matthew when he taught on this. <coughs> Acts chapter number 13 look with me <clears throat> verse number 22. I call this the key element of a disciple because it it's timeless, as you'll see here. <clears throat> this is um, Paul speaking in the Sermon on Antioch. And he goes through kind of the history of the Bible. The Bible says in verse number... Twenty one, and afterward they desired a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for the space by the space of forty years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom he gave testimony, and said, I have found a David, a son of Jesse. Look at this next phrase with me. A man after what? Mine own heart. He had Saul. Saul was saved, by the way. For 40 years, he was trying to get Saul interested in doing his will. In the last part of this verse, it says, What? Which shall fulfill what? All my will. I think Saul did some of his will. But it wasn't what God wanted. God's looking even today for a son or a daughter, a husband, a wife, just to say, you know what? I'm interested in not doing some of God's will. I want to do all of it. That comes from this idea that I'm going to pray and I'm going to get a hold of God, and I'm not going to limit him. Our Father, who art in heaven, your ways are higher than my way. Hallowed. God, you're holy. I'm not. Hallowed be thy name. I I know you want to clean up some things in my life. I want you to answer some prayer. Thy will be done thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, what? So on earth. You want to answer to prayer? You want prayer to be real where it's just not praying in the morning? That kind of that duty praying before dinner, after, uh, before supper, before breakfast, and your devotions. You want to get to that place where you say, let's take this to God. Let's just take this thing to God. He can fix it. He's my father. And you start seeing answers to prayer that you never saw, thought you'd ever see because that is what we read this morning. Right? If, he, if he, you say, well, I asked for an egg, he'll give me a scorpion. Or I asked for a loaf of bread, and he gave me a stone. Why don't you see and experience firsthand God giving you things That are pleasing to you. And you're going to rejoice. Your spouse will rejoice. Your children will rejoice. Your church will rejoice. But most of all, your heavenly Father will rejoice. Because now you're praying like He wants you to pray. Not that disciples, they seen something was different about. Jesus and they seen something that was different about John and his disciples and they said teach us to pray teach us to get that kind of answers to prayer teach us I don't want to be uh, 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 I might as well be just saying the rosary right as much results from my praying I see nothing happening We know, we look around and we see the mess in this world with churches and people that are supposedly living for God. No power. Why don't we uh, break that habit and say, you know what, I'm going to get a hold of God, God's way. Let's stand as we close. Father heads bowed and eyes closed no one looking around Lord we need your help here this morning God's dealt with your heart about this idea of really praying like God wants you to pray you say pastor just pray for me I want to get in that position where God wants to answer my prayers with an uplifted hand thank you, thank you, thank you Thank you. I want God to deal with me. I want to be able to teach my children that God answers prayer. Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to be that father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to be that mother. A son or a daughter here this morning and say, I, I'm i not really into this praying like I need to be and I know I'm supposed to be and you and I want, to, I want to see God work in my life. Break, break the old habits. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be that son or daughter that gets a hold of God and God answers prayer with an uplifted hand. Pray for me, Pastor. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. I thank, thank you. I see that hand. Let's pray. Father, we thank you know the honesty of the hearts that are here this morning father as a pastor of this church i ask you to forgive me father i haven't been as readily the 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 prime example of what was taught this morning i pray for those that lifted up their hands that want to change they want to see something different about their prayer life that that really sees the results that the bible speaks of lord please I pray that you'd bless them strengthen them that son or daughter that says this, is, this has got to change this has got to be different but the mom and dad is praying that they could be that example to their children of a person a mom that's of God and a father that's of God that knows how to get a hold of God and see God work in their lives Father please help them help me Bless this invitation, Father. For hearts that want to see new things, good things, right things, godly things through prayer. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. it's going to play. If God has done your heart, you just come. God help.